everybody. This is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. My name is Brent Griffiths. Brent McIntosh joins us. How you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Fine, thank you. We've got a guest with us today. Always are better episodes, don't you think, when we have somebody joining us? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that people don't have to just listen to you and me, Brent. Yeah. Uh, joining us from the MS Society, Jen Engberg, who is the coordinator with the community fundraising for MS Society. Jen, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me today. No, thank you. Did I say your name right? Engberg? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Well, Jen, before we get into what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been in the fundraising nonprofit uh, field for over 10 years now, um, mostly in Edmonton. I started out in the arts. I'm a, I have a background in musical theater and music, so the arts were very near and dear to my heart. Uh, so I've done some work at the Edmonton Fringe Festival. Uh, then I flipped over to the uh, vulnerable sector and I did a lot of work with E4C, helping people out of poverty. And my latest gig was Stars Air Ambulance before COVID happened. And oh. now I find myself here uh, at the MS Society gearing up to uh, put on one of the biggest bikes in Canada. Wow, oh, awesome. What a resume. And, and a, a lot of things, we share a lot of things in common. When I was a young man, some, some 30, 40 years ago, I was in the Fringe Festival every oh, single yeah. year. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, lots of fun. Doesn't pay well, but lots of fun. <laughs> um, it, how it, long it have you been with the, the MS? Oh, go ahead. It fills the soul, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've actually paid to go watch the Fringe Festival. That's as close as I've ever got, but uh, you guys are, are hands-on. Hey, can I ask a quick question? So that's sure. quite the resume that you have. What, Other than the common thread, which seems pretty obvious, how, how much of a stretch is it to go from working in the arts community now to working with a wonderful organization that looks after MS research and, and fundraising and that kind of thing? That It seems like it's a big reach, but it isn't, is it? No, I mean, like the common thread that you mentioned is is really uh, bringing the community together to achieve the common goal of giving back. Um, so I realized after my time at the Fringe that I was just very passionate about making a difference and making an impact and helping to make this world a better place. So, uh, yeah, from the arts to medical to um, the vulnerable sector, it's it's very fulfilling work. Oh, good for you. Well, before we talk about the fundraising, let's talk about MS. What is multiple scler scler sclerosis, as I always stumble on that word? Well, it's very hard to say. Sclerosis. <laughs> uh, and it, it is a bit of a, a complicated um, disease as well. Uh, MS, or multiple sclerosis, is a chronic autoimmune disease that affects the central nervous system. So that's your brain, the spinal cord, and optic nerve. Um, and basically what happens is the disease attacks the myelin and that is the protective um, covering of our nerves. And when that protective covering is damaged or affected, um, it can cause inflammation. And then the signals that they're trying to send uh, to those parts of the body um, can cause interruptions. So you see symptoms um, like fatigue, uh, lack of coordination, weakness, tingling, um, vision problems, impaired sensations, um, stuff like that. It's, it's very unpredictable, um, which is 
maybe the scariest part about an MS diagnosis. And almost never the same with two patients. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if I'm not mistaken, it's really difficult to diagnose because it's not from patient to patient to patient, they'll all have different symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes the symptoms are very similar to other, um, diseases. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they can go misdiagnosed for a very long time. Um, and then of course there is a bit of tracking to kind of see, uh, the progression of the disease to, to determine whether or not it is in fact MS, you have to have, um, a certain number of episodes before, um, they can deem it MS because it's so similar to a lot of the other things. I have two relatives on Vancouver Island who have it, and and they refer to it as kind of like a kink in a garden hose. The water's going to get through, but it's a little slower at times to get through. But for the most part, it's going to always get through. But that it's that delay that really causes a lot of problems. I don't know if that's a fair assessment or not, but but it's really an easy one for people who don't have it to maybe understand a little bit. Mm-hmm, for sure, and and it affects everybody differently. So some people can have multiple episodes, depending of course on their method of treatment. Um, they can have several different episodes. They can have one big episode and that's it because of um, the medication they're on or the nature of their uh, MS. Uh, but yeah, it's very different from person to person. But it's such an interesting uh, disease to have and, and why um, we need so much research to go into it uh, to really figure out where it's coming from and how we're going to deal with it. So ultimately, how do they diagnose it then? How, how does someone know that they have it? Um, it's, it's working with a team of medical professionals, really. Um, and, you know, I would, I would be an advocate for yourself and, and really make sure that you're documenting any symptoms that you feel might be related to MS. Yep. Um, it's a lot of the things, um, can be hard to even qualify, right? Um, numbness, how do you determine that? Right. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's working with a lot of medical professionals and, and lots of testing. Um, but it's because of the funding from events like the MS bike, uh, that fund the research to help find a faster way to diagnose a more efficient way to treat, um, and, and just improve the quality of life of people that are living with MS. That's great. Yeah. Who gets it? Because this is kind of something that maybe not a lot of people would know. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada actually has one of the highest rates of MS in the world. Uh, we have about 90,000 Canadians living with the disease. And on average, about 12 Canadians are diagnosed every day. Wow. And MS doesn't discriminate. It. Um, we see a lot of female cases, but men also have MS. Um, And it's typically diagnosed between the ages of 20 and 49. And we're seeing more and more um, cases get diagnosed in early and young adults. And and something that you won't know, Jen, because I I didn't tell you yesterday when we were talking, but uh, my father had MS for 50 years. And so we, we lost him last year. Uh, at 76 years old. Uh, and um, so he got diagnosed when he was only 25. Wow. And it took uh, two years to diagnose him. Uh, literally, he knew there was something wrong and they couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and so I know quite a bit about this disease and, and it is a, 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 a disease that's close to our family. And, and of course, the charity is very close to my heart mm-hmm. because uh, we, we got to live and, and see how it can really destroy a human body. 
without um, necessarily people understanding um, what it's doing to that to that body. Yeah. And, and so you can live a long time with it, but you, um, mo- but, uh, you know, most of my friends when they saw my father um, knew that you know there was something wrong with him. And usually they asked me, what's wrong with your dad's back? Because he would walk funny. And, and they didn't realize that that was the MS. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, but it's typically a women's disease. You said that real quick. Uh, the stat is, is 66 to 75% women, I believe. Is that not right? That, that get the disease. It's, it's, it's more unlikely in men. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that I, I would know more women that have it than men, but having come to the MS society, uh, and working on this event, I I'm learning more and more, um, men have the disease. Um, and that could just be because it's hard to diagnose, right? So there might be many men out there that do have MS that haven't gone down the right channels to get diagnosed. And, and it was, again, uh, well, before we talk about the, the MS bike event, the, uh, something that I find fascinating about MS is that it almost is literally non-existent in countries around the equator where they get lots of sun, I, I think, I'm guessing, by the way, I'm not a doctor, but it, it, is, it is so prevalent in countries like Canada and Russia and England and Sweden and, and the northern countries that get less vitamin D. Is it, it, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I please, please do if I am wrong. That is what they they think. That's where some of the research is going into is um, this vitamin D deficiency. I mean, um, you can argue that, you know, why doesn't everybody have MS then? Because we all live in um, an area where there's less sunlight and less vitamin D. So um, a lot of the uh, research uh, involves uh, environmental factors, um, genealogy, looking into a family history um, and, and whatnot that way. But certainly it, it, it's very, it, it's an interesting point that our environment can play such a big role on our health as well. Is there hope for a cure? Absolutely. I, I think there's hope in, in everything. And that's why we ride in the MS bike. That's why we're fundraising for MS. Um, every day, every dollar, we are closer to that groundbreaking um, research that leads us to one more piece of the puzzle that helps us figure out who gets it, why we get it, and how can we um, perhaps prevent it, um, but certainly improve the quality of life of those that are living with MS. So what can people do to help raise money for the cure? There are so many fantastic MS um, related events across the country. Uh, One is actually coming up at the end of May, and that's our MS walk. Uh, That happens on the same day across the country. Uh, You can, as always, like with all of our events, you can participate virtually if you're not comfortable coming back in person just yet, Uh, or you can join us for the walk. Uh, that's probably the one that everybody knows about the most. Um, there's also lots of, um, challenges and mini fundraisers, I guess you could say, uh, through the, we challenge MS. So if you wanted to host a fundraiser, um, maybe it's a movie marathon or a golf tournament, or, uh, I think they're rappelling off of the CN tower later this month, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you can create your own fundraiser that way and give back to MS. Uh, And then of course there's the MS bike. 
Yeah, and that's the one that we'll talk about here, I think, the most, and and mostly just because I've done it a few times. I think <laughs> I've been in MS Bike five times. So tell us about MS Bike. Well, I'm really excited um, to be bringing the Leduc de Camaro's MS Bike back into person. Uh, I was just chatting with a participant earlier today, and it will have been three years since the last time we brought everybody back together. Of course, during uh, COVID, um, we went to a virtual platform for 2020 and 2021, um, you know, just to follow suit with the rest of the country, but also because we represent an autoimmune community. Uh, we really wanted to make sure that their safety was at the forefront of everything that we did. So uh, that's why we went virtually, but uh, it is taking place July 9th and 10th this year. It's a two day uh, bike event. So we start off in Leduc and our cyclists uh, hit the road and ride about 90 kilometers to Camrose. Along the way, there's uh, rest stops and lunch and snacks. So we don't really expect everybody to uh, be gung-ho and do the full 90 on their own. Uh, but once you get to Camrose, it's full-on party mode. We set up a little festival there. There's lots of uh, games and food trucks and a beer tent. And we celebrate our fundraising um, by hosting a cocktail hour for our top fundraisers uh, and award um, our participants with uh, awards throughout the night. Uh, and a huge feast. And then the next day you get up miraculously the next morning and do it all again and ride back to Leduc. So ah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I, I thought you guys were doing it smartly because you put the party at the end, but you didn't really put it at the party at the end. You put it in the middle. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and it, it, it never ceases to amaze me of how often that second day is so brutal in weather. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> This is part of the reason. So typically, historically, we would uh, have it in June. Right. So first couple of weeks of June. Um, but we moved it to July for hopes of better weather. But also it coincided with a couple of other bike events in the country. So uh, we wanted to make sure that everybody had their time to shine. Is Do you have a percentage of how many riders only do the first day? <laughs> <laughs> I do not off the top of my head, but I do know that there are uh, quite a few that decide uh, not to continue on day two or halfway through day two, they change their mind. Um, yes. And in that case, we do have shuttles uh, that help people out. I was just going to tell that. I was just going to say there is shuttles for those people who don't want to ride the next day or who can't make it the whole way that they can get on a shuttle. Well, tell us who can ride. Who can sign Anyone. up for this? Our minimum age is 10. Okay. Um, and then we welcome uh, cyclists of all abilities uh, because like I said, there's checkpoints along the way, there's shuttles. Um, this is by no means a race. We never refer to it as a race. It's not timed. Um, it's purely for fun. Uh, some people love the challenge to get out there. We have all types of riders. We have lots of riders that uh, live with MS. Um, we have riders that ride tandem. We have riders that uh, have a tricycle kind of system. Uh, so yeah, if you are up for the challenge uh, and a great day of fun and being in the MS community, I welcome you to, to join us. I can tell you in 2019, I, I did ride and I got passed by somebody uh, with MS and, and she was on her electric bike. And, yes, and, and yes. so- so, so that's a great thing, like to, to, for those people who, who may be not, in, you know, capable of riding a regular bike, 90 kilometers each way that they, they can, there is other options. And so that they can participate too. 
Yeah, it's very interesting because uh, MS bike is typically um, geared towards people that love to cycle right. uh, versus like the MS walk um, sees a lot more people that have um, MS participating because it's, it's more accessible, but, um, maybe people just don't know that the MS bike is, is accessible to people that have MS. We, um, you know, welcome all types of bikes, uh, and we have a lot of support along the road too. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, how many riders will you have this year? We are hoping for 1100. Okay. And is there a minimum amount for those riders that they need to raise to participate? Yeah, we ask all of our uh, cyclists to uh, help us out by raising a minimum of $500 each. Okay, well, that seems good. Um, there's also, besides obviously 1,100 participants, you also have some pretty great sponsors each and every year um, that, that sponsor this, this event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fillmore Construction has been uh, our sponsor of the Riders Village for quite some time. They're always uh, one of our top fundraising teams. Uh, we have a lot of top fundraisers on that team that go on to the Tour of Champions, which is um, an invitation-only uh, event that takes place uh, throughout North America each year. Uh, so they get to go to that. And uh, we just really appreciate the corporate support. There's lots of different opportunities for um, businesses to get involved. Not only does it build like great team building, uh, but it brings awareness to your brand that you're a supporter of MS. And mm -hmm. if you have a business that expands across the country, there's different benefits if you have um, more than one location sign up for a different bike. If that oh, makes wow. Sense. And, and so how many bike events is there in Canada? So this year in person, we're going with 12, wow. um, but you can participate uh, virtually in, uh, I want to say 20. <laughs> Don't forget to carry the one. <laughs> yeah, 20. 20 wow. Yeah. Okay. Great number. Yeah. That, and, and how many years have you guys been doing this now? Um, I believe the, the Leduc de Camrose ride is the oldest at 33. Wow. 33 years. Well, I haven't been in obviously that many. <laughs> I, I need to pull up my biking socks a little bit and get on my, my bike a little bit more often. Uh, I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is this the biggest fundraising event that MS does, that the MS Society does each year? It's the largest MS bike across the country. Okay. And, and in a typical year, we have over 2,000 participants, and we typically raise $2 million a year. Wow. Two million, that was what I was going to say. Was, what's the fundraising goal? Is, so you're, you're going to raise $2 million just from the Edmonton event, or is that Canada-wide? That's what we typically do in, in the Leduc de Camrose. This year, we're going for $1.3 out of the Leduc de Camrose ride. Uh, but across Canada, we're hoping for about $4 million. Okay. Oh, four million for, for Canada wide. Isn't that incredible? Mm -hmm. Where yeah. does the money go? Uh, the money goes to research primarily, um, but we also have some great programs that not a lot of people know about. Um, we do the MS Knowledge Network, uh, and it provides free resources to people that uh, have MS, um, and and kind of gives them uh, a support system. 
because when you're diagnosed with MS, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of information coming at you, medical, like you you, you now need to learn how to become a doctor. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of financial information that comes at you and the knowledge network kind of helps you navigate that. Um, so being able to fund programs like that uh, is, is very important. And, and obviously, or hopefully on, on the other side of this pandemic, it's been a rough two years. I'm assuming as most charities, it's been tough. I, I'm assuming that your, 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 your numbers, I'm assuming are down for raising money the past two years. Is that correct? We have been very lucky. Um, in 2020, uh, we got pretty far in the fundraising process. Um, with MS Bike, we typically do uh, year-round fundraising. So at the end of MS Bike 2019, we open up uh, registration and fundraising for 2020. So we already had a lot of support going into 2020 with our sponsorship and fundraising dollars and stuff like that. And, and we just had the compassion and generosity of the community. And we still raised quite a bit of money uh, in that year. And, and the same in 2021, you know, um, people hosted their, their own little rides in their community. <laughs> they would go around Pigeon Lake or even out in, you know, small town Saskatchewan. Uh, they got their families together, their communities together, and they rode, even though we couldn't get together in person. Okay. Oh, well, that's great. Um, absolutely. Again, because it's been tough for most charities, and especially if you can't do the ride in person, because I can tell you that because I've done the ride a few times, that if you, the, the beer gardens is by far the best part of the ride. <laughs> and if there's no beer gardens, then uh, doing a 90 kilometer virtual ride is, doesn't sound that fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, everyone that I have spoken to uh, about coming back in 2022 is, is just really excited to be part of the community again. Right. Um, a lot of people maybe started out riding this ride, um, not knowing anyone with MS, but throughout the years, um, they've come to meet people in the beer tent or in Riders Village. Uh, we offer camping right on site so you can walk through and kind of get to know people that way as well. So uh, they've, they've developed this friendship and, and community of, of people living with MS that, uh, you know, they want to see year and year again. And I think they're really looking forward to bringing that back. For people who don't ride, can they volunteer? Absolutely. We, uh, it takes about 500 volunteers to put this thing on. So wow. uh, we have lots of opportunities available uh, for, for people who want to volunteer. Okay. And so who would they contact to volunteer? Let's get some phone numbers or email or emails or websites out there. Yeah. So information is available on msbike.ca and you can register there. You can donate to participants there. Uh, you can get the details about our event or an event near you um, as we have lots going across the country. And our volunteer coordinator for this event is Emily Frey. And her email address is emily.frey at mssociety.ca. Okay. And so, and for those who can and, and should ride their bike, they can also go to that msbike.ca, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's really easy to share a link to get sponsorship um, as it's a really great website and, and a great app, if I recall. 
Yeah. So we do have uh, an app where you can track your kilometers as well. Um, our participants that ride 90 kilometers get a, a finisher medal. So even if you're doing a virtual uh, component, if you ride 90 kilometers and track it, you are eligible for a finisher medal. So uh, there's also lots of great fundraising incentives along the way, uh, like our famous jersey. Uh, we've got bike shorts and a new incentive as well. Um, we have some fundraising incentives running for May. Uh, for every $100 that you fundraise in May, you get entered to win a $500 gift card of your choice. So oh, wonderful. lots of great stuff going on. We're so thankful and, and grateful for our community and our supporters. And uh, yeah, the, the website is, is, is really easy to use. Uh, you can send uh, messages to your donors, your friends, your families, uh, their dogs. Uh, <laughs> and you can also create new milestones this year too. So, um, if you want to shave your head when you reach a thousand dollars, you can set that as a milestone and let people know, uh, you can also live stream directly to your personal fundraising site. So we provide right. lots of resources to our participants and cyclists. Absolutely. Fantastic. Jen, on behalf of my father and my entire family, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Again, this is one of those charities that's near and dear to my heart. As, uh, as it affected uh, my father for 50 years and our family directly. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. And, and I thank everybody that uh, comes out and joins us like yourself. <laughs> I am not one to ride uh, a 90 kilometer per day uh, bike event, but I give huge kudos to those who are willing to take on that challenge. Hey, Brent, how does everybody get a hold of you? Well, if they do have some questions about real estate or wanting to buy or sell a property here in the Edmonton area, they can call our team directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web at macintoshgroup.ca. And thank you to everybody for joining us. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Bryn Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh, and we'll see you next time. 